Laura. In the world of Hollywood, movies get greenlit and redlit. They get remade and rebooted. But we are the ideal. I'm Sam Gash, and you are listening to Ideal Remake. Thank you for listening to Ideal Remake. We take movies that either have been, will be, or should be remade and talk about what the ideal version of that remake would be. A lot of people think it's hard to make a podcast. That we, as podcast hosts, must be smart or something. Well, maybe we're not that smart. Maybe we're like worker bees who only know how to push buttons or something. And joining me in this button pushing today is Yanni Zafiriu and Josh Allen Goldman. So, is E.T. the Extraterrestrial a movie that has been, will be, or should be remade? Who, who wants to go first? Should I go first? Okay. Your favorite movie. <laughs> it has not been remade, and it should never be remade. Which means that it probably will be? Most certainly. Okay, cool. Point. So the answer is will be. Got it. <laughs> Josh? That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, I definitely have some episodes in here that are preemptive of, don't remake this movie, but since you're gonna, here's the plan. <laughs> the news is going to hit tomorrow. <laughs> I, I think episode like five or six of this was right, because every few years they're like, we're going to remake The Princess Bride. And everyone's like, no, don't do that. <laughs> and so we recorded an episode about that. Every few years, there's some executive who's like, you know what we should do? Everyone really likes The Princess Bride. Let's do that again. Now, if you had asked me, should it, should there be a sequel? Um, I will completely disregard the um, telecom commercial that was a sequel. Have you seen that? I have not. Oh. Go on, tell me about the telecom yeah. sequel. So there's been, um, I think it was like last Thanksgiving or the Thanksgiving before that, there was a commercial with Henry Thomas, mm-hmm. who has his own family. And in real life or in the world of this commercial? <laughs> in the world of this commercial. Got it, okay. I, I'm not privy to his personal life. Um, and, I'm not going to look it up. Right, and E.T. follows, is there, shows up, they're having a jolly good time, and at some point he gets lonely, E.T. gets lonely, and says he needs to phone home, and there's a call um, with his family, and it's like a sort of hologram thing. I, I barely remember his partner and a baby E.T. are showing up, and a child E.T., I think, are showing up in the commercial. If I haven't dreamt this, and if it actually exists, which I think it does. And this was an ad for what again? A phone Tele- service? T- I think so. Something like that. Talk Verizon. Was it Verizon? I have no idea. It, it probably was. Uh, that is wild. Um, cool. So... I'm going to ignore all of that because that's clearly a fever dream. Um, <laughs> we have been through a pandemic after all. It, so. it could be literally anything. Um, right. So I guess my first question is, what are your respective experiences with this movie? Do you remember the first time you saw this movie? I'll start with Josh. I do remember. I was, I think, eight. And I don't really remember anything of it rather than loving it. And that it was right before Mother's Day. And on Mother's Day morning, I woke up and I made a sign for my mom that said, E.T. says Happy Mother's Day. And I thought it was so witty and so smart. And then I found out like five years later that everyone was doing that. Everyone (laughs) was putting that on t-shirts. But somewhere, somewhere in my parents' home, there's my original drawing in a perfect world is it is it et holding the flowers 
I don't think I was that. Ah, uh, maybe missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. next Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Yanni, my turn. Okay, picture it, Sicily, nineteen twenty-eight. Okay, no, I'm Ath- trying my best, but I got nothing. Athens, Greece, nineteen eighty-two. I'm trying my best, but I got nothing. <laughs> this was I was very young, very 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 young. Very, very young. I can tell you that I was a year younger than Gertie was in the movie. Got so it. So if somebody wants to do the math, they can. But I'm not going to make it easy for you. Sure, sure. Um, so my parents took me to the cinema for the first time in my life. For whatever reason, E.T. was the movie they chose for us to watch. Interesting. And mind you, at this point, I couldn't really read a lot. So, you know, they're not, movies in Greece are not um, dubbed. Usually they have, like, subtitles. So I was just taking in this new experience that completely changed my life. I blame it for becoming a filmmaker. Mm. Um, And I love it. I still remember the fear and terror I had when two things happened in the movie. Very early on in the movie, you know, Elliot goes out throws a ball into the shed and the ball comes out, the baseball comes out. I had nightmares about that scene. And there was another scene, well, actually three... God, I've been so traumatized by that movie now that I think about it. Just wait. (laughs) (laughs) The second one is in the cornfield uh, when the flashlight hits him for the first time and 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 he he screams and screams and runs away. That gave me nightmares. And then later on in the movie when the space people were coming in dressed up like, you know... yeah. That makes coming sense. from every room, from every door, as a, ah, I almost said my, my age, as a young <laughs> child at the time, I had nightmares about that for a long time. But I love it. It's my most favorite movie of all time. Um, it took several decades before I was able to watch it on a big screen again, because, you know, after the first time, it then got into VHS. Oh, God, I'm aging myself. Right and left. <laughs> Don't worry. Fine. Um, and I saw it again at the movie theater uh, with Josh and a pop-up, um, sort of like an inflated screen in the park in LA for the first time in the in the in the movie theater in the in the movie theater after when I was you know the time I was a child. Yeah, that's adorable. Yeah, that's cute. I like it. Uh, my parents first tried to show me this movie uh, when I was five. And E.T., just the character, freaked me out so much that we turned it off and I never tried again to watch it until I was like 28, 29. I have have two friends, both named Cam, and we used to have, uh, like, they were roommates and we did uh, movie nights of movies Sam hasn't seen. And one of them that we had to watch was E.T. because I hadn't seen it. So a few years ago was the first time I ever watched this movie, really. And then I watched it really for the second time for this episode. Oh. It is a scary movie. I remember also being quite yeah. terrified of it. For some reason, it didn't stick with me as a movie that was scary, maybe because it is so wholesome and beautiful. But I was definitely, I was a scared kid. And it was, it, it yeah. was scary. It's it, a thriller. It, it, <laughs> uh, it kind of, yeah. And certainly the design of E.T. doesn't help. No. Like, the no, design of E.T. No. as, like, a weird, uncanny valley monster continues to freak me out. Like, even watching the movie 
a few nights ago, I was like, okay, this dude's weird looking. Do not like. But in a weird bit of kismet, I uh, I had a movie night with uh, some friends last night, and we watched one of Spielberg's first movies, Sugarland Express. So now I'm like in a weird Spielberg mode, and I just find it funny. <laughs> Sugarland Express is a weird movie. It's cute. That's it. I should interject and say, Josh, you are a you're, you weren't just a scary scared kid. You're a scared adult. Yeah. You you, I've made you watch horror films and scary films, but. You, he once chose to watch Scream 3 mm-hmm. on his own, okay. and it was during a heat wave, and he wouldn't turn it off, but he... Shot. I started it thinking, oh, it's like basically a parody of a scary movie. I'll be fine. Yanni wasn't <laughs> home, and I was like, That's, it's fine. I'll just watch it, and it'll be great. And about five minutes into the movie... It's just like this was a huge mistake. But now you're I cannot to handle. It. I could not handle this movie. But I have to watch it so that I know how it. Like I have to get <laughs> to the part yeah. to the end. And he locked up. I locked. Inside. Yeah, I had to like close and lock all of the windows, and I just overheat. I was just dripping in sweat because it was so hot. <laughs> That is a, a choice I, I don't think I'd make. Okay, so that's the, the origin story of seeing E.T. for the first time. Yes. Um, I guess, what are your initial thoughts about the movie? Like, obviously, Yanni, it's your favorite movie. And it's inspiration, it and it's literally it life-changing, and that's why you wouldn't let anyone else remake this movie except for you. Uh, absolutely. Correct. Yes. Uh, and Josh, you're just also here? I'm just here to support Yanni. All right, I appreciate it. <laughs> I think it's a... I think it's a masterclass in storytelling. I think every single think about it, about the, the movie is, should be taught to filmmakers. I think it's economical. I think the story is there. The characters are there. Don't, that's not to say it's not problematic. Sure. It has issues. That's why we're here, right? If, Absolutely. If this was the perfect movie, I would say that would be a short podcast episode, right? Yeah. I've uh, only done that once. No. I was going to say, I'm, I'm jealous. Look, she's the man. I know. <laughs> it's uh, a perfect movie. <laughs> Treasure Planet. But the important thing is, yeah, okay, so watching this movie, certainly when I, because I can have a very clear, distinct memory of seeing this movie for the first time a couple years ago, like, I remember there are just some shots in this movie that are just so gorgeous that continually it takes your breath away. When you first see Elliot standing outside this shed in the middle of the night, and there's the light coming out of the shed, it's amazing. But on the other hand, he just dropped the pizza. It's fine. Still eat it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Hey, it's it's that scene. The, that's the that's the scene. That, that's the reason we have pizza today. Before, that is correct. Before recording. And that pizza was delicious. It was. Without that movie, no one would have pizza ever. Without correct. that movie, nobody would step on pizzas ever. Well, we. I also mm-hmm. ma- uh, baked cookies for you both. And I made uh, M&M Reese's Pieces cookies. And you said that there was a story about Reese's Pieces... Uh, just from there, growing up. There is, there is. So when we saw this, um, I don't think anyone mentions in the movie that it's Reese's Pieces. And if, if There's they, a bag. You see the bag. Right. Um, we did not recognize it at the time. I don't think Reese's Pieces existed in Greece, but M&M's existed in, in Greece. So we all assumed, all the kids assumed, that these were M&M's. Interesting. Not so, Smarties? Not Smarties. Well, you know For what they reason. say about assuming. 
Is you don't get any more. You and don't get any more cookies with M and M's and Reese's Pieces. So the story is that Reese's Pieces existed, but they were wildly unpopular. And initially, Spielberg and company reached out to M and M's. They reached out to the Mars company and said, "Hey, can we use your M and M's in the movie?" And Mars said no. And then they went to Reese's Pieces instead. And and like I have a split memory of either Reese's Pieces did not exist prior to this movie, or basically as a concept they were saved because of the movie. Because basically, because of E.T., Reese's Pieces are now popular, and you can buy them, and they're amazing. Wait, wait are M&M's not Hershey's? They're made by a company called Mars. Like, the company that made Mars Bars? I know Mars Bars. That's but... M&M's. I'm pretty... This is, this is shocking to me. I <laughs> have sworn they were Hershey's. Mm-mm. Hershey's and now I don't know what to believe. Hershey's is not real chocolate. No, it's not, but it is a, but it is a corporation. <laughs> You're not. Wrong it's not chocolate, but that. it is a person. Uh, <laughs> oh! We're jumping to lots of conclusions today. Uh, okay. To circle back, the beautiful cinematography uh, it was because of Alan Devio Devo. I don't know how to pronounce it. Sure. Disclaimer: We may butcher many, many names People. and and you know pronunciations of names today. We do not do this intentionally. It is a disability at this point, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so please forgive me. Um, did I do okay pronouncing your last name, by the you way? You did fantastically well. All right. Yeah. Davio? Da I think it's like Davo, Davio. It's Alan, D-A-V-I-A-U. <clears throat> Look him up. He's amazing. He's such, such a beautiful cinematographer. I don't. I think he passed away recently. Um, maybe 2019 or... 2020. 2020. Oh, there yeah. you go. April 15th, 2020. Right. Uh, he, 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 I mean, his cinematography is just amazing. The way he, he painted with light and E.T. And there's like so many gorgeous images and the composition is amazing. The grasp of color in the, in the film is incredible. Um, I have a cool little story about the movement and dollies and, you know, uh, the shots. Yeah, because I was thinking that it was... A, dy- a dynamic camera for a lot of it. It was, apparently. And this is a anecdotal story that a, f- a friend of mine uh, at UCLA Extension told me when I did a cinematography certificate. He was a PA on ET. That's fun. And he told me a couple of very cool things. One, he said they smoked the shit out of that house, which is in Tahunga. I've been there. The ET house, by the way. Like they were smoking cigarettes? Or no, they just no, no. filled hazers. it full of... Hazers, okay, you know. It. In order to get all those... Burned it to the ground. Look, <laughs> if, no, if an alien can't live here, no one can. They left it to ashes. So so they um, they they put so much haze and smoke into the house so that you get those beautiful rays of sure. light coming in in all those shots. And the other thing that um, he told me, he said Spielberg shot it with these beautiful operatic crane movements and dolly movements that were going on and on and on forever and the first cut of the movie was something like three and a half hours (laughs) and the editor came in there and started chopping 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 and spielberg was like oh no and she was like listen if you want this to be a movie that people will see you gotta chop it up And and apparently she did and I think history proved her right. And that editor's name is Carol Littleton. That's who I she have IMDb Pro up right there now. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so 
since we're talking about doing this movie, we're talking about a remake. What are the important pieces of the movie as it exists that stand out to you as like, this is an important kernel that needs to stay? Reese's Pieces. Obviously. <laughs> uh, and that's it. Everything else can change. We just go full Mac and me and get an integration from McDonald's. <laughs> Cast a kid that's actually uh, disabled, a whole thing? I think so. We have some controversial opinions. We'll get to that. As to what can can change and where it can go. We'll get to that in a minute. But I think we can safely say there has to be an alien. Yes. (laughs) You you can't have E.T. the extraterrestrial without an alien. Exactly. There still has to be pizza. Okay. Um, Pizza still exists. It's not, uh, you know. Bikes. There have to be. Do there they? have to. Yes, maybe. I you're, will die on the this. The ET shirt you're wearing is literally a kid on a bicycle. I know. It has to be. Bicycles. You can't have ET and a hoverboard. I, I'm sorry, yeah. but you can't. Because no. then it becomes. It has what? to be bicycles. Back, back to the future. And they have no. to be pedaling. They cannot be. They cannot be electric bicycles. I will show yeah. you the the t- the other two images T-shirts that I almost wore today. Just, but you have to describe them to the audience. Uh, it's an image of the moon, and it's E.T. and Elliot falling off the bike because apparently the gravity power stopped. A uh, gravity turned back on. Right. And for whatever reason, E.T. in this image is not wearing uh, the blanket, so that's how you know this isn't canon. Correct. And then this is Little Red Riding Hood on a bicycle. Uh, and the alien in the basket is uh, one of the aliens from Alien. You are incorrect. It's not Little Red Riding Hood. It is actually Little Red Sigourney Weaver. It is the it is the first time um, that ET uh, and Elliot flew in front of the moon, and and Elliot was actually dressed up as a hunchback. So he had that was weird. So he yeah. So... What are you going as for uh, for Halloween? I want to be a hunchback. Right. What are you basing that on? Hey, I did the same, by did, the way. Did, yeah. yeah. Okay, look, the 80s were a weird time, and it's it's just weird to dress up as a person with an affliction. <laughs> yeah, it is. it would be weird to go as a hunchback prior to the Hunchback of Notre Dame Disney version coming out. Right. It's misdirection, you know, because you're watching E.T. and you're focusing on the aliens, so you don't really have a lot of time to stay and pay attention to the costumes. I, mean, I thought he was dressed up as a zombie and then later learned it was a Hunchback. And right. I was like, that's very strange. Yeah. Okay, Um. but like, does it need to be around Halloween? Like, I don't see that as being a particularly intrinsic part of this movie. I don't think so, no. I don't think that Halloween is necessary. Like, there's that weird moment where E.T. makes tries to make friends with Yoda, and then that's the, oh, they're from the same universe, like, stuff comes from. But, like, I don't care that it's at Halloween. For me, it's just important that, uh, like, the things that are important for me in this movie is that it's, we're going to get to this later, but it is important to me that it's a kid, and he's, like, it's, like, the, the scary, un, like, unexplainable world is happening. And I also do think it's important, like, the, the just the concept of the fact that their dad left. Like, we always talk about Elliot and E.T. in this movie, but I thought the mother, uh, Mary, did a really good job in this movie. I don't remember what the name of that actress is. Her name is Dee Wallace. Her name is Dee Wallace. And Josh has met her. Ooh. And we went I, to a wedding together. That's adorable. <laughs> But yeah, I thought I thought Ms. Wallace did a fantastic job because it's like like she's trying desperately to keep her family together while also dealing with the grief of just mm-hmm. like this this shitty guy just up and leaving her. And I think that is to go to Mexico of all places. And he hates Mexico. <laughs> and 
like the kids don't complete like the Elliot and Gertie don't really understand, but Mike kind of does, and Mike's kind of like, bro, chill, and like, and it's just like this whole like, all of this stuff is happening in their lives, and then just like something interrupts it, mm-hmm. and in the most wild way, we we have thoughts and we will share them, but generally agree with you with some slight adjustments. I when it's time think... to talk about them, we can talk about them. Sure. Well, I was just going to go off of that. We're not sharing okay. the, the plot okay. changes yet. I think the the another thing that has to stay in it is the term penis breath as an insult. Because <laughs> uh, that was just pure. And because it the implication it of a... It's in, 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 implication of a lack of uh, good brushing. Mm, yeah. yeah. And I think that's dental, important. Dental hygiene? This yeah, is what, dental hygiene is important. Right. And I think people should be made fun of for having bad dental hygiene. And that's clearly what this is about. Merchandising E.T. Ideas. brand toothbrushes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After you have fun, remember, brush your mouth. <laughs> brush your teeth. It, it's a whole series. You know, you can get the dental floss and the... I mean, what's more important is the Listerine. <laughs> Uh, Lee E. Teesterine. Lee E. Teesterine. Listerine. That's so bad. That is so bad. That's yeah. even worse than me. Oh my god. Yeah, that's real bad. Um, so this is a weird separate... Uh, <laughs> tangent. Separate tangent. But what do you think E.T.'s uh, alien compadres were doing on Earth? Why were they there? We see that they were collecting plants, but why? I think they probably knew that Earth was fucked, and they were trying to preserve. They were trying to do their own like little seed. Um, you know how there's exist the seed vault. The, the seed vault. They were trying to do that thing and basically get as many plant life um, samples as possible to preserve them. So, if that's your theory, why would they be taking plant life and not animal life? Who's to say they didn't take animal life? The movie. Well, we didn't see it. That doesn't mean it didn't happen. All right. Fair enough. But we do see them walking back with plants. That's mm-hmm. the one thing we know for sure mm-hmm. they are taking. Mm-hmm. Josh, mm-hmm. do you have a theory? I think it was COVID. <laughs> I think they were planting COVID. Oh, they were planting. So they were taking plants. I think that's what they were doing here. They're obviously setting us up. How else did it happen? <laughs> <laughs> and first of all, they absolutely <laughs> got some earthworms and ladybugs and other kinds of bugs. <laughs> With the plants that they took. There's no they definitely way. got bacteria and probably, like, aphids and stuff. But, yeah. Like, they may have taken insects, but I didn't see them going after, like, squirrels or anything. And, like, they didn't take the dog when it kind of ran up the ramp. Yeah, well, the question is, they were probably looking at the best possible sample of genetic material. I'm not sure anyone in that group was prime. Also, not everyone know. wants to be responsible for taking care of, like, an animal, but a lot of people will settle for plants. That's... <laughs> That's fair. I definitely can see my bamboo behind you. <laughs> so my theory is that clearly um, the the ET species is able to bond mentally with other creatures. Like we can see that ET bonds with Elliot. Like their brains become in synchronicity until ET basically dies and loses control over Elliot and the flowers. He the ET's life force is, is ET also bonds with the flowers. I'll yeah. come back to that. Yeah. Um, so my theory. So my theory about this, like ET species in general, is that they're like a hive mind collective, and part of like why, the, like the Borg, uh, kind of, I guess, with more autonomy, sort of. Okay. 
But like that, and so that's why they had to leave because like their central intelligence called them back, and that's why they couldn't wait for ET to get back on the ship. And so they had to go back, do whatever they did, and then they were able to return to ET. And ET got separated, and that's why ET died. But then came back to life once they were getting closer again. You see, I disagree. Yeah, I, I, I do too. Oh, tell me your your. Uh, no, 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 you go first. I, I, I mean, you think that, it's the love that brought him back? I just think, look. You forget your child somewhere. You're going to go back for them. It doesn't mean that you had to leave because you were forced to. You just made a mistake. Well, they, but they didn't forget the child because there was the other creature sitting in the doorway, watching the door close, waiting for E.T. to come back. Hey, tough love. You don't run fast enough. You don't make it to the car in time. Look, we've all been lost at SeaWorld before, but eventually you grab onto the correct leg. A true story. My parents abandoned me at a... At a store once on purpose to teach me a lesson they decided to teach me a lesson because i said i'm very independent and i won't miss you if you're gone so oh yeah so if we go get into the car and we go you'll be fine i was like yeah i will be and they called my bluff they left i was dying from fear and and abandonment but i kept it all just like et but i kept it all inside Mm -hmm. you know like robin williams said keep it all inside you know um and eventually i was able to prove that i was independent in, in fact, and you know, ET, and, and sure, he's been on his own ever and since. I'm sure, <laughs> and I'm sure the rest of your 26th birthday went well. <laughs> so, but based, so the, the the theory I'm getting to is that like part of the reason why I think they were taking the plants is because all, certainly to my eyes, a lot of the ET species looked similar, and so I, it sure seemed to me like they were getting um, like uh, so. The crazy theory I came up with is that the whatever native species on their planet is going through, like, a potato famine, banana plague kind of thing where there's no genetic diversity. It's just been, like, bred to a certain point. It's just the same, and, it, like, it got a disease, and now they're looking for something that has genetic diversity. And they'll, finding, they'll find that They're just trying to get other, other plants and other things that they could potentially crossbreed with. They're just looking for other potential plants. Okay. They're trying to cross bananas with plantains, just trying something just to save the bananas. And bananas and plantains are, you know different uh, that they're and trying that, to crossbreed to they, get something they occur closely. naturally into hunger i didn't know i'm using those as an example gotcha okay. of something that's i'm just pointing life, out the whole the holes people in know your, about i'm just pointing out the holes in your theory that's my, all my theory is that the, whatever planet they're coming from has actual things like bananas not that they're looking for bananas listen this is so, a, but aren't we all always just looking for a good banana but <laughs> But um, but the reason why I bring it back to that is that I think that that whatever plant that they have on their planet is important to them, and they're able to meld minds with that as well. And so that's why it's so important that ET brings this plant back because it is a plant ET was able to mind meld with, and that. And so we saw Elliot's movie, but if we're watching the movie of ET or ET's people. This is the big heroic moment of finding this plant that they can mind meld with so they can save their own fauna on their own, or uh, flora on their own world. Possibly, possibly. So, it's just nothing related to the movie, but I was like, crazy world building shit, I got this. (laughs) So I just thought it was interesting. I just thought they were on vacation. Like that, those are their souvenirs. They're on vacation for five minutes. They take, well, this, this pine needle's real great. I'm going to leave. Hey, listen, time phones to done that so many times. Uh, but yeah. I think the most important part of that is that E.T. 
diverges from the common goal of his species. Yeah, E.T. was sightseeing. He was, he in fact was looking for an adventure. Yeah, E.T. E. was so impressed by all of our plants that are mm. not dying off, like all the plants on their world because of a, just uh, a lack of genetic diversity. Maybe. Just really enjoying these oak trees. And because of that, his parents decided to teach him a lesson and leave him behind. I mean, oh, now we know. T.J. Maxx is a great parent. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I just, it's just a crazy question. It was no, a theory to, I had and it, I thought it was worth talking about. It's important that that E.T. Uh, e. feels alone and likes to go on an ad- adventure doesn't feel understood probably by his own species because that's how he forms the psychic connection with Elliot, who has the same kind of issue. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they both need to feel abandoned. Right. Yes. And that is how and why they're able to bond, because their emotions are already in sync and they're feeling the same way. Correct. Cool. We got there. That's That was the important thing that I was clearly leading to. Friendship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no, not that. Uh, uh, but the yeah. friends we made along the way. The friends and aliens we made along the way. We kind of talked about the important things that I think need to stay. I don't think the older brother and his friends need to be playing D&D at the beginning. I don't even care if the older friends are like... No, I guess there need to be a couple. I take it back. They need to be doing something. Because it's like the, the younger sibling looking at, up to the older sibling and like then finding something that they can all bond with. I think that's important. But it doesn't need to be D&D. And it doesn't need to be Halloween. But other than that... I, mean, I think, I I think the drunk scene is really important. That's interesting. Why? I just think it's... I just think it's something that every child can relate to. (laughs) Feeling drunk. No, I just think it's a really great way to show how their minds are connecting. I agree. I think it's an incredibly good set piece. I don't think it necessarily needs to be drinking, but I think... Could be edibles. Smoking. Could be edibles. It doesn't need to be drugs. Does it not? But like, does it not? Something else that like is indicative of the the shared mental link across town or whatever. Mm, Ayahuasca. Drugs (laughs) are a really easy, cheap way to do that. But I'm not. Drugs are not cheap. (laughs) I mean, not if you don't care if they're good or not. No, no, no. It shouldn't be drugs. It should be something else. It should be like chocolate or. something else something that like it's a clear response something sort of thing like literally a vaccine maybe who knows it could be as simple as (laughs) et wandering outside and getting chased around by a dog and hiding in a tree and then elliot climbs the top of the classroom and won't come down like it does like sure yeah that works (laughs) like the the scene the scene of him setting all the frogs free is great and we really enjoy it but we have now seen it theoretically if we do a remake it it, that remake will exist in a world that et already exists in so sometimes you're doing the thing that's already been done and sometimes it's uh, for nostalgia and sometimes it's it's sometimes it's an homage sometimes it's just hitting the same beat again and so we gotta kind of walk the line of which we want to hit okay but all right so you warned me ahead of time that you have a specific thought about the way you want to do this remake. And I told you, you're going to have to work really, really hard to convince me. Because at the time I hadn't rewatched the movie, and I have since rewatched the movie, and I, st- I have a caveat that I might add, but I largely think this is a bad idea. But go ahead. Tell me. Oh. What do you want to do with your E.T. remake? Oh, wow. Such a such a disclaimer. That's man. right. I am setting you up to fail. All right. Shall I take Prove me you, wrong. You can begin the process. Okay. And then we will continue with the process. So, Yanni and I were talking, and we 
we boiled E.T. down to a queer immigrant story. Okay. Ah, oh, you seem intrigued. I'm, I'm, I, 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 I seem think, like I I'm listening. Seems, I think he seems <laughs> attentive. <laughs> attentive and amused. I, I am um, expressly not, so, a, not showing an emotion. I'm just listening. <laughs> this is... Do you, do, are, That's step one. Are, we got his attention. Are, listen, are, 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 are neither of you listen used to active listening. Like this is an important tenet of just like being a human. I'm just painting a picture for the millions of the listeners of your podcast, and it is direct eye contact and an open mind. <laughs> and a, hmm. No, so queer immigrant story. Queer I'm sorry, immigrant story. story. Go and on. that is how. Yanni and I have really connected with this story. Yes. There is a there's a line in the movie when Gertie asks Elliot about E.T. They're in the closet. Duh. They're closet. In the, they're in the closet, duh. And she says, is he a boy or a girl? And Elliot says he's a boy, which I always thought, hang on, Elliot. How the fuck do you know that? But uh, an yeah, I interstellar. Did I had the same reaction to yeah. that, yeah. It's an interstellar species that somehow is able to travel across light years to come and collect plants. Why would they bog- be bogged down by our understanding of gender and gender identity and gender expression and all that stuff? And I, that was the first time that I was like, oh, this, we don't know what AT is, and AT should be a they. So. The base, the core of our approach today begins with portraying E.T. as a non-binary character. Okay. I have no problem with that, and I agree with that. Okay, sold on point number one. The second point was... In reference to what you said about the the working mom. Oh. Oh. We'll we'll get to that later. Um, But E.T., you know, as he's separated from his family for long you know the longer it is he's dying inside and that is a feeling that yanni has brought up is very very um they'll be back to pick you up soon i'm sure of it that's what i keep telling him (laughs) (laughs) neither one of you have abandonment issues oh that's all i have no my my (laughs) issues are more related to escape um but that really you know et is this just he's a they are a queer they, immigrant. Um, they are, at least for a short for a short while. They're alone. They're left. They're alone in a in a place where they don't speak the language. They don't know anything about the people, the culture, the world. Okay. They can barely walk around. They do have some powers, but you know. But who doesn't? Who doesn't? Right. We are all powerful, luminous beings. Are we? That was, Doing a Yoda impression. I was curious which impression you thought yeah, you were I was, doing. I thought I was doing Yoda, but you know, it's it's luminous beings. It, are we? Yeah, exactly. It's canon, by the way. You know that there's ET species in the Senate in Star yeah. Wars prequels, right? Yeah, yeah. Th- and that's why people like refer back to like, oh, ET saw Yoda, but they're right, they, right. ET's familiar with Yoda species because Senate. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Even though that was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Exactly. Um, so I think it's very crucial to the experience of ET as they are left on a, to, to fend for themselves in a place where they have no connection, they're complete outsiders, and that feeling is very important because in the same way that he felt abandoned, that E.T. E. felt abandoned, they felt Elliot, abandoned, they felt abandoned 
I mean, I'm, I'm calling he when I'm referring to the movie, the movie as, it the, exists. as it exists, and they when we're referring to our movie. Okay. Um, just for that's you. Your, that's it, your won't, line in the it won't get confusing at all. It won't get confusing at all. I can't imagine it would be. I don't predict any issues with this. But that is the reason why we also think that Elliot should be non-binary to begin with. Okay. And in order to, to, to talk about that issue and make it more interesting and not necessarily a, a kid's movie this time around, we just wanted to up the ages just a little bit. It's specifically the age of Elliot. Of Elliot. Most so of the Elliot, others are really staying the same. Elliot was probably, I want to say, somewhere between 11 and 14. 11 and 12. Ele- 11 and 12. Elliot is 11. 11, okay. So we just want want them to be probably around 14. 14. So it's not a huge difference, but it's an important enough difference where you start to understand more about your own identity and also experience alienation and confusion and abandonment and things like that. And when Yanni first posed this idea, I was very much... On your side. He's pointing like, at I'm Sam. I'm pointing to Sam. But on rewatching it, first of all, I thought Elliot was like eight in the movie. He's not. No, he's 11. He, he's, 11. he's like really on the cusp of teenagehood. And and then just in dealing with... I'm sorry, by the way, uh, the 10-year-old Elliot. Um, however, uh, Henry Thomas is 11 when filming. Okay. Okay. In order to be to really deal with the topics of non-binary identity and immigration and all these other great things we've got in store for you here, we just we felt like upping that would be and it's not a huge it's not a hugely inconvenient thing because it's what so what is the actual age? You oh, so we're on? saying fourteen. We got settled it. on fourteen instead of ten. Cool. No, um, <laughs> here, here's what. Absolutely not. <laughs> Never. Uh, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying, and I, I like a lot of what you're saying. I like the idea of immigrant, queer, alien. I don't think it necessarily needs to be as cut and dry as all that. Okay. Um, I think the idea of Gertie walking in and asking, well, is it a boy or a girl? And we don't know, so we can't assume, is... Legitimate, because I also bumped on that same line when watching the movie. And wouldn't that be amazing if in that same situation we have a character who's also non-binary, and in this particular moment, this is the thing that E.T. and and R. Elliot, who's non-binary, also non-binary, bond over their own non-binariness. I'm not there yet. (laughs) Uh, What I was going to say is that there is a presumption that you two are working on that I don't think either of you actually believe and that's that you have to go through puberty in order to realize no 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 we didn't yes correct we We don't believe that we don't believe that no 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 uh not at all and and there are what like documented a lot of well-known people who realize that they're non-binary at a very 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 early absolutely we're not talking about actors No, no, no. Honestly, yes. All of them. The reason has had more to do with being able to verbalize it in a slightly more convincing way. So you would need... I think that is incorrect. Okay. So one of my clients is a 
a child psychologist and okay. I help her with computer stuff. And she specifically is a child psychologist for kids. She's a child who is a psychologist as your client or that's right. Uh, <laughs> so my client, uh, Ms. Hauser, uh, Doogie's her first name. And, uh, but basically she is, a she helps children and their parents and the children very young who are telling their parents that they are trans okay. in, in one variety or another. Whether it be non-binary or uh, across gender lines or lack thereof, um, and oftentimes what uh, she says is that oftentimes the child knows and is expressing that, mm-hmm. and it's the parent who has a hard time putting For it to sure. words and and coming to terms with that. I I understand where you're coming from, and I I like the idea of looking for nuance in a performer. Um, and I like this extra added layer that you're adding to Elliot, but but you think it should still I, be closer to ten. I also, but I don't. I also don't see any reason to deny a ten-year-old the ability to portray that. No, it was more a practical issue about finding the, the non-binary is, actors I, who could come across as that age. I and, understand that this is. I I understand that that's what you're going for, but yeah. this is ideal remake. Right, right. We right. can find anything and, and anyone and do a little bit of suspension of disbelief as well in the cast. Well, maybe Mr. Hauser can find us someone. Yeah, legitimately, <laughs> her I could place a call and find you a ten-year-old non-binary actor. Awesome. That that's not right. an issue. Okay. Okay, so we're so, not. I, so what I was worried about when you initially told me that this is uh-huh. what you were going to do is I was really worried we were going to be doing ET, but horny. No. Yeah. No. Uh, you thought we were new ET Riverdale, which is just Sabrina. <laughs> yeah. <kind of. laughs> um, so I so when you when that was the initial idea, like because that's kind of the idea I went in watching the movie with. Um, the kind of plus up to ET, but horny I'd had in my head of wanting older actors is. I kind of, and I didn't do this in my recasting because I just went with like kind of a generic one for one. I mean, I gender swapped Elliot, uh, but that's about it. And I also did some other things, but we'll get back to that. Uh, mm-hmm. The, if like trying to age them up just to like get around child labor laws or whatever, because things are different now than they were in 1982. And the idea was one of the other incredibly underrepresented groups in especially Hollywood, but everywhere are people with disabilities Mm -hmm. and i thought if you wanted to have older people who are going through a lot of the same issues that children go through is if you have people with mental disabilities Mm -hmm. and developmental disabilities Mm -hmm. and i thought that would have been an interesting way of you have a family of people who don't completely understand elliot because kind of operating on different wavelengths until this child meets et and finally both et and elliot have someone that they're able to communicate and through this bond are able to kind of share and learn and, and work with everyone else. And I thought that that would have been the plus up to what I thought you were going to do, but that's not what you pitched, but I wanted to say all these words anyway. I see. Um, so you were wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> Clearly. But I just I, want to say that for the record. It, I was indeed wrong. Okay. Um, but I don't think that... We're open to, we're open to the idea. Yeah, but but I, think, I, right? I like the idea of searching for gender non-binary casting and looking for that as as literally someone feeling alien and then being yeah. able to exactly pre- like liter- have a literal alien here which right. will help them express 
And I think that, and I think if anything, that makes it more important for me for this to be a 10 year old because they might have trouble expressing that and using the language of this alien will help them express I'm, it. I'm all we for also, that. Well, we also wanted to go a little bit scarier. Um, so part... because that's the movie we all real and like because this is a horror movie and all of us right. know it. I mean, it was right. for us. I mean, absolutely. It did, right. it so we wanted to lean into that sort of in like the way that Stranger Things leans into the dark. Okay, so you so want to go with how was... the movie is perceived and not how it was intended. Well, we wanted to. So this is a genuine question. I'm honestly so, no, asking. No, no, no. We, it's it's hard to say. Um, what we meant was. This movie scared us when we saw it as kids, but adults watching it probably weren't as scared. So what if we could... This is the ideal remake, right? So what if we made it actually a little bit scarier and dealing with more adult themes than the issues that they were dealing with at the time in 1982? Sure. Things that are more prevalent to today. You know, gender identity, immigration... All that stuff Reese's that we're talking pieces. about. Reese's Pieces versus M&M's. All, know, the, all the hard the, subjects. The hard questions. Um, so we... Another reason why we were thinking about making it to 14 was perhaps it would be easier to that way deal with some of the scarier things if the kids are slightly more adult. But it's... Because it, to me, when I see 10-year-olds fighting against adults and supernatural forces and kind of succeeding mm-hmm. at this point in time, I don't know how much the disbelief can be suspended on that. Yes, they will have... Ten-year-olds can't defeat aliens. They have... I mean, they probably can, actually, but better than we do, but... I mean, what was the movie? Super 8? Yeah. And they were, they're all super eight-year-olds. Uh, he, um, produced, so, he produced wait, it, right? Was that, right? The, was that the movie? <laughs> I don't know. I never saw it. I don't think they were supposed to be Look, eight. No, that was a monster. <laughs> super 8 is the I film. think they were, like, 13. Yeah, Super 8 I was legitimately like... don't know. I've never seen it. The important thing <laughs> so is... So you're I wrong again. back to this... <laughs> No, so I, I know Super rec- 8 is a kind of film. <laughs> so for the record, for the audience, Sam is wrong again, yet again. <laughs> was I wrong the first time? Yes, you were. You admitted it. It's on, on playback. Play oh, the tape, man, play I'm going to have a hard time editing that out. You will. Um, <laughs> um, no, we're open to them, to, well, to them so, being well, so younger. So he, here, here's my pitch for that, because this was something that I thought was interesting about the movie, and then I thought the movie hedged, and this is something I would change about the movie. Okay. How dare you? Um, <laughs> one of the things that I thought was really interesting was that for the first two, th- for Act One and Act Two, all of these government agents are faceless. Mm-hmm. They're faceless government agents, mm-hmm. and I thought that that that's what makes them really scary is because we don't know who they are, we don't know what they want, mm-hmm. and they could literally be anything, be anybody, and we mm-hmm. don't like that. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the guy takes off and goes, "You know, kid, I'm just like you," and I'm like, "No, they're the like because mm-hmm. this ET as it exists now." largely is a movie without a villain the only villain in this movie is the is the uh not present father and society society i mean there are a villain i i don't think i i never saw peter coyote well, mostly tongue-in-cheek sure. <laughs> danny seems to really want to go in this direction there's, there's not an active antagonist the only active antagonist is the stupid kid in the headphones who i hate keys keys is the antagonist well, but at the end what sam is saying is that by the end it's like I didn't buy Keys that. is revealed to really just be like, I'm just, I I'm just I like you, but like grown up. Like well, I didn't buy that. Sure, but when I was like, and you I, know why I don't buy that? Because I think that's like something he says to him to like convince him to manipulate him. And I will tell you why I don't buy that. The proof is in the pudding. Is in after Et's quote unquote death, 
uh, and Elliot is crying, he says to Keys, they're gonna cut him up and they're gonna do tests on him and stuff. And Keys does not respond, does not refute or deny and says, would you like some time alone with him instead? Yeah, which is... Like if clearly he's the villain. No, that's the thing a nice guy does. He doesn't this, like he's he's not gonna lie to a child. He doesn't say no, they're not, and then take ET away. He says he doesn't deny it because that's the truth. He says, "Would you like some time?" And he literally has everyone clear out in order to give a child time to say goodbye to a dead thing. Listen, a guy well, who walks, a, a person who walks around with their keys uh, out loose. Out look, of I'm not pocket, saying he's a good dude. He's he's, but he's not villain. the but he's well, not the villain. What I well. So and uh, to to your point of the way he's perceived of when I was telling a friend of mine that I was remaking this movie, she suggested that I get Henry Thomas, that was the original Elliot, yeah, to play that guy because it's I'm just like you. I also believed in aliens when I was a kid. No, no. right, but that's the thing. People see it that way, and like people don't see him as a villain because he redeems himself over the course of the movie. And you're like, oh, he's not really a bad don't guy. But I think that's the mistake. Go ahead, Josh. I, well, we because we were thinking. That he's not a strong enough villain in the movie. No. He needs to be a much stronger villain. And <laughs> Josh had the perfect response. Josh didn't remember <laughs> the character of Keys. Uh, we're going to get in so much trouble for this podcast, but We were discussing, a, Caution to the wind, making it a queer story. Right. But, and I said, so there's the character of Keys. And Josh goes, wait, I don't remember the character of Keys. I said, yeah, there is a character who whose face you don't get to see. It's Peter Coyote. And you don't get to see their face and them speak until almost near the end of the movie. Yeah, definitely Act 3. Yeah, and you you see them and you know them by a bunch of keys on the side of their waist, of their belt. And Josh immediately said, oh. It has to be a lesbian. Because what? of the keys. <laughs> I, is that... All a- right. For people in the know, <laughs> aka queer people, lesbians carry a lot of keys. All right, uh, is that a thing? None of the lesbians is. I know carry a lot of keys. <laughs> Maybe they they don't trust you with their keys. The, if they, they shouldn't, <laughs> we would like Leah Delaria. We would we would love Leah Delaria to play. That's keys. great. I don't know who that is. We'll get we'll get to her later. <laughs> okay. Like the, I didn't cast so, I didn't cast someone for that. So that's fine. You got her. But okay. we were thinking that in order to make Keys a stronger villain, especially if we're going in the queer immigrant, it's got to be Ice. Yeah, obviously. Right. Like it's ice. ice or something like Ice. So I was saying in the um, in the original ET. We are never quite sure how many governmental organizations are actually looking for ET or surveying yeah. ET. It could be the FBI, it could be the CIA. There's definitely a reference to someone in the military. There's medical people in there as well. So there's different branches of the government that are faceless. But we thought in this particular case, we have an actual alien who's we're saying is non-binary. What about Elliot being a non-binary Elite, undocumented alien in the country right now. I think there's, I think there's a limit to the number of hats we want to put on everybody. So I'm going to stop us with just one. This movie doesn't need to be everything. No, it doesn't. And but the, I don't think and, it's a. And huge... we and we'll come back to that because I have a potential other thing we can suggest in okay, place of that. Okay. But I do like the idea of it being ice and I think it's because we have something for that in the movie as it exists now of 
why the hell were those dudes in the truck in the middle of the forest in the, middle, in the night anyway? It's because someone called it in. Some nosy neighbor was like, oh, there's something going on in the woods. I think it's illegal aliens. And so Ice got called in, and then it turned out it was actual aliens. That is exactly my case for it. That's exactly what I said. And Josh uh, accused me because I actually did the the whole dialogue in my head. And Josh said, we're going to have to have somebody else write this. And I said, yes, Fair you're enough. totally right. Fair yeah. enough. But I like, I like <laughs> the idea of it being ice, and I like them trying, like, they're tracking this down, and then it's just like, because they're a bunch of prejudiced people, of prejudice about one group of people moves on to a prejudice about another. Um, yeah. But I don't think we need to also make Elliot an illegal alien. We I might. think that's we a might. lot. We might, but we'll see. We'll see how much you can take. We're prepared. Fine. We're prepared to, to stress test you today and see how much you can. You're doing do. great so far. <laughs> um, the, the reason I mentioned it is because we're already going to be. De- so I guess the next question is: Is do you want there to be a present father? <laughs> we 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 yes. do. Interesting. We do. And I have a reason for that, and you don't have to agree with it. Be prepared, because I'm not going to, <laughs> but go on. Because you seem to be, that was one of your things. Well, but but the, the spirit that I took it in was that in the 80s, the, the family structure that was becoming far more prevalent and was sort of having an impact on society that people wanted to see a representation of was single working mom. Sure absentee father you know like that was very much of the time whereas now i think it would be really interesting and provide a lot of opportunities in having it be a blended family sort of the family dynamic the new family dynamic of today great i have that too oh oh sneaky still still single mom though still single mom okay so that's kind of what i'm dealing with because i think that there are two movies going on here and much like a Pixar movie or anything, there's the movie that the kids see when they watch the movie, and then there's the movie that the adults see when they watch the movie, and mm-hmm. I think that's important. Mm-hmm. For a kid watching the movie, it's just Elliot and E.T. and the alien, everything going on, but adults, as we watch the movie, we're like, oh, poor Mary, everything that's going on. Like, we can clearly see what's going on for her and how much she's struggling. So for me, when I did my recasting, I had Mary and Mike um, be black, and they're clearly he is clearly her son and then uh my elliot and gertie are both white not for any particular reason but just because that's the child actors i was able to find googling child actors is really difficult and i don't like doing it because i know that i'm getting watched by the nsa and should be (laughs) but basically the idea is that definitely a second marriage for the father potentially a first marriage or whatever for mary and basically the father found mary and then left his two kids with her and so now she's someone who thought she'd finally found someone and now is stuck with three kids instead of one and she's again on her own. And it's still a mixed family and that's why there's this level of disconnect between Mike and Elliot and Gertie. And it's meeting E.T. and finding this other thing, this crazy adventure they're able to bond with that is really what brings them together. I think it's more important in our version of the movie to show how uh, on paper great family united family not not separated or people being single they can still have issues with their kids and raising their kids sure one of the issues that was very very prevalent to me 
to my experience of watching E.T., even as an adult, was, yes, she's a single mom. She's doing the best she can. She's struggling. But there's also issues there. She's not... There's a drunk alien in her kitchen walking around, knocking stuff over, and she never notices. That's not just somebody who's not, you know, who's struggling. This is a person who's has lost touch with that side of, of the kids, right? And we don't want to do a repetition of that. I, at least we didn't want to do a repetition of that dynamic of the single parent sure, dynamic. I think that's reasonable. We wanted to draw in from personal experience to show a family unit that seems to be on paper to work, but then they have difficulty maybe understanding the complicated gender identity issue. So the the, the trouble and the tension in the family would come from from the lack of communication, the lack of understanding of this this thing. And perhaps... E.T. would be the bridge that would help the family understand Elliot more. We also had a little gimmick h- hidden in there. Oh, do you have, you have a... even more things? Not that big. Just a... Well, the, we wanted the mom to be Drew Barrymore. No. Um, <laughs> I, I Married to Winston Duke. No. Second, second... <laughs> Um, second marriage. Second marriage. I so love she Winston has Duke. But two I, kids already. But like the... So, I... I this has come up before where it's like, wouldn't it be fun Sam, to have like Sam, a little... Sam, are, you, are you feeling okay? You look like you're going to have an aneurysm. What's going on? I'm fine. <laughs> uh, it, it's come up with things before of, oh, wouldn't it be fun to have like a throwaway of, oh, this person was in the original movie. But the more this has come up and the more we kind of expand on the idea, the more it kind of tends to be less a gimmick and more a distraction. And if Drew Barrymore is in this movie... Why isn't Elliot in this movie? Why isn't Mike in this movie? Well, <laughs> we haven't gone far enough in our story. Yeah, but then this that just makes this a sequel and not then not we really. have a, and then we have a problem. It's not a sequel. It's not, but it's not a remake. I mean, it is. That was look. You it is like as soon as you have a a character from the original movie, yeah. you lose engagement from the audience because, because they're paying attention to the adults. They're paying attention to the adult, and they're also looking for whatever the next one's going to be. Okay, and I do think that takes like we want people to be paying attention to our movie. Okay, so far there's five different layers to the movie. You're pitching you know me. you know you're harming our movie's commercial appeal right now, right? Because you're you're taking out you know you're taking Drew Barrymore out of it, so immediately fewer people are going to want to go see it. So you're telling me that the only way a movie can be successful is if it has movie stars in it? You, so as what, if what it the, has Drew Barrymore as if it has in Drew Barrymore it. in it. Uh, no. Yeah, I'm going to tell you right now, we're not going with Drew Barrymore. But, continue. Like, as of right now, we keep adding more and more layers to, at the end of the day, what's important of the original is that it it's a very simple story. Like, mm-hmm. there are hidden layers to it. Yeah, but it was also 1982. There was a... There was a a very, very specific expectation of people and stories, of right? Course. So people were simpler. It was a simpler time. A lot of the horrible things that had ha- have happened to us in the past 40 years hadn't happened yet, yet. Sure. So I think people are more capable of slightly more nuanced and more complicated storylines today. That's why we're pushing a little bit more of a... I think you know, that that's potentially true if we were doing E.T. the series... And I think that you would have room to explore all of these different things. But I think if this is a movie and you want this to be an hour yeah. and a half, two hour movie, yeah. you got to pick one. What's the story you're telling this movie? I mean, I don't think it's, and I think it's that, either or. I think sometimes it can be. I think just from a storytelling perspective, 
the story of a child coming to grips with being non-binary and figuring out how to relate to the, the their family and the world and then they are able to do it through this fantastical thing that happens that's the movie you don't need more than that okay. i like the idea of we're only trying to add to add drew barrymore because drew barrymore goes with everything so right that's a separate issue but like the idea <laughs> of the family also being illegal aliens and also this and also that it's so many different layers and okay. i think that that will distract getting from, too, too complicated it's too complicated okay. and it takes away from the core thing that the thing you told me first which is i assume the part that you care about the most uh Yes. No, I mean... I'll, and I think okay. that that's what we want to sure. have. We yes. want Elliot to be a child struggling with being non-binary and sure. using the language of this visitor from another world in order to explore themselves and the way they want to express that to the world. Okay. And I think that that's important. Okay. And that's a movie. That's fine, it. Fine, fine. You've accepted those two points of us. I will accept this of you. So... Thanks. So this battle will be... Will continue. Is there more? <laughs> not really. I mean, there's a couple of not cute like, things so the, later on that coming, but I don't know if they're going to actually happen or not at this point. Because so, no, you're you're making sense. It's it, it it does make sense. It might be a little yeah. bit too complicated. It might be taking it into like different different places in the movie, and it's maybe unnecessarily. Well, that br- that that brings me back to the subject of whether or not we will have a father, and. I am open to the idea of having a father because in the movie as it exists now, that's subtext. Mm-hmm. It's not something that everyone would pick up on. It's not like there's some things that are explicitly stated, but like if you get it, you get it, but it's not important in the movie. And I think that that is good. And Josh, you make a good point. That is what they were going for at the time. And that's kind of exemplifying the type of familial unit that they want to be positively portrayed on screen. I don't have a problem with that. I'm, and I'm also not strictly opposed to the dad being in the movie, but if the dad is in the movie, I think it has to be as a much more minor character. Like, I don't want him to secretly turn out to be in ice. I don't want him to secretly no, be the one no, that no, called no, 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 the no. ice on the person in the woods. <laughs> no, 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 no. None but, of that. Like, I, None of that. I, well, I, I think I, it's important to, like, if the father's going to be in the movie... We can't take anything away from Mary because then it's detracting from a female role in order to for a male role. And yeah, I don't yeah, want yeah. To do that. Not at all. We just we just didn't want it to be. We thought it would be better to show a different type of family, a blended family, and have the issue, the 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 thing that they're working through, be something else rather than their relationship, the parent relationship. Sure. But, I'm, I'm already on board with the blended family. Okay. I obviously did the same thing. Okay. What. You know, the reason that we wanted to have both father and mother in the family was more because in that iteration, Elliot was basically being fostered by them. And they had two children of their own. And so, I I know, I know. That's an extra so layer, but go ahead. what I'm saying is if we're not going in that direction, I don't know if we need the father. Yeah, if we're not going in that direction, we don't we don't necessarily like all straight men not really needed. <laughs> that's no fair. Cake. That's that's uh, fair. I got I, I I can't argue with that. Pretty useless. Um, no, I mean I I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I, it, 
But you you realize that going and adding foster a foster family this would have been I, an extra layer. I understand. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> but, but I don't see your issue with layers. Everyone always says layers, more layers. And Do they? They're talking well, about clothing, Yanni. They are talking about clothing, but <laughs> and I and but like I said, I think that it's very different if you're making a, a series that's going to be going on and we discover this as we go over the course of a season or seasons. And as things change, I'm intrigued. I'm but gonna, this I'm is gonna start writing the pilot. But this is a this is a movie. It's a single story, com- beginning, middle, end. It's a full contained story. Okay, I'm I'm game. And so, and I think we pick the one issue that's important to us, which we've done, mm-hmm. and that's what we focus on. Okay, and anything else is just a distraction from the one issue. Sounds good. Yeah. So sounds yeah, good. I agree. Single mom, blended okay. family. Single um, mom, blended family. Okay, like but yes, it. blended family, yeah. absolutely. I do yeah. agree with that because, yeah. again, that's what we want to see on screen. All right. Okay, so then let's talk casting. Finally, we've only been here, what, three hours already? <laughs> uh, it's best not to think about that, <laughs> especially when you think about how I have to edit the whole thing. Um, so obviously I think we need to start with Elliot. Okay. I think I know your Elliot's going to be a little bit older than I what I do think we're going to go with, so I think we'll probably end up going with my Elliot because of that. And also because it's hard to Google children. The one thing we didn't mention is I think my Elliot is 11 instead of 10. Because in my version, she instead of they, I thought it'd be gender swap. It's a little bit different. It's a different portrayal. And also I thought because I didn't know we would be doing this, what we what we are going to be doing is I thought it'd be interesting if Elliot was developing a crush on one of Mike's friends and wasn't really able to figure out what that meant or what she wanted from that. Yet it's just like, that's why she was always kind of trying to hang out with whatever they were doing. It's because she wanted to be with that one. And I just thought it would be like a cute little subtle thing. And then, but like, again, subtext. Never mentioned. It's just like figuring out kind of age, but obviously that's irrelevant. So I don't know who we would go with this because I think you're right. I think we should have a non-binary child actor. And I don't think Micaiah Fisher is one. (laughs) Who's Micaiah Fisher? Uh, Micaiah Fisher... So original Elliot is 11 playing 10. She would be 12 playing 11. Was one of the child actors from the movie Old. I have a really hard time turning the computer around because I'm always worried that oh, my things are going to Oh, I know. I know her. I know her. Yes, I remember her. I saw Old. But she's in The Dropout. She's in The Deep Ones. She's in something called Stolen Child from like nine years ago. Huh. Okay. She's a kid, kid actor who's supposed to be good. It... It's hard to find child actors, especially now when less movies came out last year, because like everyone who's like was in a child actor in 2019 is now just like 19, and you're just like, like it's even worse. Josh was looking up uh, child actors, and what are some of the names that came up when you were googling child actors? Who oh, it's just act people's in their oh, 20s and 30s. Yeah, it was like Macaulay Culkin. Oh, great, <laughs> super useful. <laughs> Yeah, like, I end up having to go based off of movies that, like, came out last year. Right. And I was like, oh, Old is a movie that came out last year and had kids. Great. Right. Yeah, right. So that's what I... The only... Well, we had this picked... This year, excuse we me. Picked, we picked... And you picked, can Google, if yeah. you want, uh, or IMDb, um, Ian Alexander. From the OA. Also from Star Trek Discovery. I mean, for what you were talking about, uh, this being a 14-year-old, 15-year-old kid... Yeah, obviously this kid's perfect. Is Ian non-binary? Yes. That's good and important. We don't know their pronouns exactly. I'm not really sure. I think it's they, them. Um, but they are non-binary. Okay. Uh, I think they're... They, I don't know what else they might... I, I don't want to... I don't want to like... Yeah, I don't want to project or guess. Project so, things or guess. I, I think for the different movies that we both... That we all came in with, 
I think we both made excellent choices. I don't think we can go with either of them. I just think we need to do a good job of casting because uh, what's the dude's name? Henry Golden? Henry Golding? Henry whatever his name is? The original Elliot? Henry Thomas. Henry Thomas. The original Henry Thomas was a find. It was. He was. Like, Drew Barrymore is a descendant of the Drews and the Barrymores, two big Hollywood families. But Henry Thomas was a find. And I think that that's what our Elliot needs to be as well. One of the many benefits of the name Elliot is that it is gender nonspecific. Correct. And did you see the amazing Halloween costume that Elliot Page came up with this year? Yeah, Elliot Page is wearing an Elliot from uh, uh, E.T. costume. That was great. The red hoodie. Yeah, the red hoodie. So I have someone to throw into the ring. The name is Ryan Kiera Armstrong. Okay. Age 11. From American Horror Story. Okay. This, this newest season, the, the Black Pill one. Sure. And she's phenomenal. Does she identify as non-binary? No. No. Let's... Maybe so we just... Maybe we have to open it up to, like... An, maybe we, ha- we just have to find that one... That's Elliot what I'm saying. ...audition tape. Yeah. That's, that's gonna yeah. F- blow it's us all away. And for now, we just have to use placeholder. Like, pin. What? <laughs> it's ideal remake we can say we will find because i do believe we would be able to i find. think we will find and i think it it is very important i, th- I think it's fascinating that in this process we cannot think of any other people off the top of our head of our I heads mean, that's, which i, I think is amazing because that means there's so much possibility that's there's the so many actors out there who who may be non-binary looking for ways to break in why not help them break in through the ideal remake of E.T. the Extraterrestrial? Exactly. I think that that's important, especially for the character of Elliot, who needs to be there, this very specific thing. And one of the big annoying things Hollywood does is, oh yeah, this uh, actor's disabled. Go ahead and sit in the wheelchair. Right. And I think that that's a problem. Yeah. So I think that we would just need to find someone to play Elliot. Although Ryan Kira Armstrong is a very good find and uh, is... Good to know. And Ian Alexander. I think Ian Alexander. And Ian Alexander. Like, everyone so far named is excellent, and I will definitely steal them for future episodes because I hate having to Google children. (laughs) Yeah. They are are wonderful. They have a a very unique quality and a very bright future ahead of them. Absolutely. Here's hoping. So then let's talk about Mary. Because we talked about the sung hero of the movie. Now let's talk about the unsung hero of the movie. Mm -hmm. You wanted Drew Barrymore. I did. I said absolutely not. I still think, I still think it is possible because even though Gertie was iconic as a character, she was at the time seven years old, and current Drew is 40, 46 years old. They're so far away from each other that I think it is possible to see them as two individual characters, two individual people. Little tiny Drew I, had such a tiny part in it. I that... understand, but we can't. Okay. Like it, it will distract. It's just another. I think thing it that would, would only distract, distract the in the like first five minutes of the movie, and then it would be fine. Honestly, as a moviegoer, I would spend the rest of the movie trying to figure out where all the other people from the original movie would be go- going to be. And you're I, so weird. It's what happened with the Lady Ghostbusters movie. Of as soon as we see one, now we're looking for the rest of them. Did you? I yes. Didn't. Oh yeah. I didn't. Like, we saw Bill Murray, and it was weird that we didn't see Dan Aykroyd. And then we saw uh, 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 Sigourney Weaver, like, towards the end. Like, it, it distracts. Like, I enjoy that movie, 
but I was distracted. I love those little tiny bits. So it's a culture difference and we can sure. agree to disagree. Yeah. This is your podcast. And so in order for me to not get kicked out, I will, <laughs> I will be civil, but know that I strongly disagree. And I think That's Drew Barrymore will be amazing. I, as, this is not as, a comment on Drew Barrymore. As Mary. Um, however, it, it is something that after doing this for over 100 episodes is the conclusion I've come to. Like, unless you're specifically making implications about the world and the movie, it's hard to recast people from the original. I am so glad we didn't come in here with the idea for Drew Barrymore and Henry Thomas to be a couple. <laughs> Ew! That would have... Oh, gross. <laughs> it was floated. <laughs> that would have been a choice. So let me tell you about uh, My Mary. So, My Mary is an actress. Uh, she is in How to Get Away with Murder. She's in How to Get Away with Murder. She's in The Birth of a Nation. She's in The Upside. Uh, this actress is named uh, Aja Naomi King. Yes. Done. Love her. <laughs> Love her. Michaela. Oh, I see. And I, she's exactly the right age. I love everything about her. <laughs> okay. I'm only I'm only playing it coy just so that I can contrast <laughs> with my official choice, which is Drew Barrymore, which I is iconic. So I'll I'm not still saying be... Drew Barrymore is not iconic, but I, I also be, be very careful because people can make associations and assumptions about about this. You know, you not being excited about Drew Barrymore means that maybe you will never work with Drew Barrymore and me. Loving and Look, adoring the iconic Drew Barrymore might be me opening up to the universe to someday work with Drew Barrymore. I've already worked with Drew Barrymore. I was briefly her bodyguard for about five seconds. I hate you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but I, I, I briefly worked with Drew Barrymore too. And I also, <laughs> I also know that like you had made the father be Winston Duke, and I love Winston Duke. I've used Winston Duke in a bunch of different episodes, and I don't want that to be ignored because I think that that he is an excellent actor, doesn't get enough work, comes up. All the time in the podcast because I bring him up. He's great. And you deserve credit for having pulled Winston Duke. Um, but let's talk about Mike. So I went uh, second for this, so I'll go first for this one. So my Mike is also in the upside. He's in something called The Dead Don't Die. He was in Queen and Slim. And I'm going to mispronounce his name. Uh, his name is Jahi Diallo Winston. What has he been in? The, the upside, The Dead Don't Die, Queen and Slim, the, the things I just, just said. I haven't seen any of those. Um, uh, he's we saw Queen and Slim, did we? He's in Charm Kings, oh, Charm City Kings. He's in Proud Mary. She, yes. Oh, she was yes. great in Charm City Kings. Yes, yes, I remember those. Okay, I mean, no. it is a possibility. He's a possibility, but I'm interested in hearing who you have. From well, him. we remember we had a blended family, so of there course. would be different different ethnic backgrounds. Yeah, and mine we too. thought it would have been. Very cool. Also might not work right now age-wise, but, I mean, he's still playing high school students. Is he a 20-year-old? Uh, he is... I don't know. His name is Connor Jessup. Connor Jessup is uh, an out uh, gay actor who was, in closet, who was in Closet Monster. He's 27. He's 27. Currently playing in Lock and Key someone a few weeks away from 18. He's very young looking, I'll give you that. Um, so the idea of using Connor Jessup is that Connor Jessup would probably be around 17, 18 in, as the older brother in our blended family, whereas Elliot would be around 14. So they'd still be about sure, three, I four understand. years older. Plus we thought it would be, he, he, he actually has fun, Connor Jessup has fun with playing straight um, characters on TV. So it'd be hilarious in a, in a queer-themed 
movie yeah. to have a gay actor playing the straight, older, douchey brother. What do you know of the brother was that douchey? Yeah, he was a little bit. He, he starts douchey, but then stops being douchey. Yeah. And then I actually thought he had an interesting arc of, like, then his friends were douchey, and he has this thing where he did, like, there's that moment where they're getting on the bus, and the friends are being obnoxious, but the brother's not, but the brother's also not stopping them. And it's it was just like, did either of you watch Infinity Train? No. It's it was a very reminiscent of season two of Infinity Train for me. But like it, the just the idea of clearly like him like slowly realizing, oh, we're really mean to Elliot, and it was this like again super subtle thing because his friends are dicks. And we don't like them. And then it's no, I don't like the fact that they get to ride off with E.T. and fly either because they did not earn it. They were obnoxious the whole time. I I always thought he was obnoxious and kind of a douchebag because, you know, the the great Robert McNaughton is the actor who played, I think, Mike. Is he himself an obnoxious? No, no, no. He looked in E.T. exactly like my brother looked. So listen, this is very personal. It's a little bit projecting. It it is a lot of projecting. So I was. About the age of Gertie watching E.T. Sure. And I looked eerily like Elliot. So I actually naturally projected myself onto Elliot. And also the weird coincidence that Mike looked extremely like my my brother at, at that same age. And my brother was also... A douchebag to me growing up. So it's know. also Yanni found an alien in his backyard. Well, I was going to say, is, is the real reason this is your favorite movie of all time just narcissism? <laughs> no, it's it's being represented, feeling seen. Ah, ah, ah I felt okay. seen. Sure. Also, it couldn't have been narcissism. Remember, they didn't have Reese's Pieces in Correct. There was... All right, fair enough. <laughs> Um, uh, okay, I, I really like this actor. Again, he's <laughs> 10 years too old, but I... He is an excellent choice and someone I would absolutely come back to casting again. <laughs> um, but can, can we see your guy again? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I like him. I like him. I also like um, Steven Silver, who was... Did you see the obituary of Tunde Johnson? I, I did not. Oh, it's wonderful. How old is he? I don't know, but he plays really young because he was in... Does he? 13. I know. He looks really old. The next picture, he looks even older. But... <laughs> he sure does. I know. He looks, re- this he isn't looks a, like, much older. This is... Like, even this. The one where he looks like a kid. Like... But he... he was, this person has a reasons job. why. And I know in Obituary of Tunde Johnson, he's He's 32. Young. Well, he does not look at. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tell me who you had for Gertie. Um, oh, we didn't have anyone. Well, no, we did. We did. Yeah, we, uh, we did. don't know. But it to... wasn't. But it wasn't a strong choice. Uh, look, look up uh, M Y K A L. I think it's pronounced Michael again. Same. Michael Michelle Harris. Correct. Yeah. Who's also probably older. Uh, she's nine. Oh yeah. yeah, that's not who I thought we had. Yeah, I like her. I like her. I yeah, know. I think she's great. Yeah, we thought she could be. She'll be a great Gertie. Yeah. So my Gertie is. Is this actress named Nolan River? I so I gender swapped Elliot. I also gender swapped Gertie, but I think um, uh, Nolan River was in Old Adverse New Girl. But I think Mikal Michelle Harris is a better choice. Yes, finally, finally got one. Wow. So, what is the name of uh, Keys? Leah Delaria. I meant the character. Uh-oh. Oh, what do you mean? The night. His name is Keys. Sure. The character mm-hmm. name. But if I were to ask Keys what's on... Like, literally the character Keys. name is Keys? Correct. Yeah. Wow. You can look it up. 
I'm not going to. I'm just going to believe you. So yeah. uh, tell, tell me the name of the actress uh, you had for to play Keys. Uh, Leah Delaria. Leah uh, Delaria. Yeah, I think it's Leah or I think Leah. It's, I or... think it's Leah. L-E-A. Leah Delaria is an amazing actor, and she's been in Orange is the New And she's, a, she's, she's a, a lesbian a... icon. She is. <laughs> she's incredible. Great. She would be... Would she, she would be, be scary. She would be. Would friend. she be comfortable with us never seeing her face? But I mean, we you do you do see Peter Coyote, right? But I so what I was saying is that I don't think I think they should always kind of be these like masculine, like this faceless, intimidating force because to a child that's how they're going. I to appear. think I think if you if you give an actor like Leah Delaria like iconic part of Keys and say. You'll spend the majority of the movie not being seen, but then we'll see you at the end. We could get we we would get her on yeah, board. Yeah, like like well we known like well known actor. Twelve years in the future, like well known actor Gwendolyn Christie. We kept seeing her face in Star Wars. Like we couldn't stop seeing her face in right, Star Wars. Right, right. You have no idea what I'm talking about. No, no, I know exactly oh, what okay, you're talking I, about. Yeah, yeah. I, I have no about. idea what you're talking. Yes, about. Yes, you do. Gwendolyn Christie was the shiny stormtrooper, and like we never saw her face, but like we kind of knew. Kind of did when it when the helmet was broken. You saw like the eye kind of like through the Not broken. Really, but helmet. yeah, I don't know if I did. <laughs> yeah, like we, that could have been anybody's face. But yeah, so like, I, so I think the less we see of her, the better. But obviously, if you like this actress, then we absolutely should go with her. Like, she's I, yeah. the person we're going with. We, I don't have someone we, else. We're we going love with her. her. We love her. But I think, as we discussed, like the faceless people need to be scarier. Yes, and so we have that. I think so, she can. She can do everything. She can do scary. She can do intimidating. She can do serious. She can do warm. Great. She can do anything. Love it. So that's it in terms of like actors I have. The only other things I have are writer and director. Did you have other any other roles that you recast? Yes. Obviously we had <laughs> uh, obviously we had um, The Dead and we had right. you Winston know, Duke which Winston we're not Duke, going with. Which we're not going with. We had Drew Barrymore as Mary which we're not going with. But um, what other roles I wanted to talk about first of all before the the secondary roles. I want to talk about a very important uncredited voice of E.T. which was Pat Welsh originally okay and we should never fail to mention that the great late carlo rambaldi is the the guy who designed et okay so i definitely think we should have practical et i don't think we should have uh an animated et i agree we should we should have cgi to help Certain situations. I mean, even even the twentieth. I, th- I think if we're going to have real child actors, we need to have a real present ET, because mm-hmm. just like the Muppets, it needs to be something that the child can talk to and believes they're talking to, and that's part of the magic of the movie. Of right. Elliot yeah. and yeah, Gertie are in. talking to ET because they believe ET's there and in, in front of them. Yeah, and I think that's important. Yeah. So then the next question is: Do you want ET to look the same? I've struggled with this. Because I also don't have an answer for this. I've struggled with this uh, question. I knew you were going to ask me that. I have to say yes. I have to say yes. There is something about the design that works in so many subliminal ways. You know, it has the big childlike eyes, you know, and it's actually taking it to the to the other extreme, right? Because you know that eyes of babies are literally the size of adult eyes. Yeah. Right? They never change. That's mm-hmm. what, but that, that's part of why babies get away with not being exterminated. They look so cute, right? Otherwise, you know, who would ever have human Remember, kids? Remember, this is going out to the public. <laughs> 
It is a joke. It is a joke. I'm sure, just, sure, sure. Do you want me to note in here? <laughs> Please Yanni note. Yanni is joking. But Yanni wins. is very joking. Um, so he has, E.T. has like that, that thing where he looks even cuter. Yes, he looks so freaking weird, but he looks cuter because of those big expressive eyes that, that blink. And there is something about them being, you know, smaller, but, you know, lifting the neck. I don't know. It's such an iconic design. That's the thing. Like, I, I don't, I, I don't I, know. Like, E.T. is E.T. E.T. is E.T. Like, like, we can change everything else, but I don't think we can change E.T. The only thing that I potentially would change about E.T. was I would make it more of, like, like, because I was thinking about this when watching the movie of, you can immediately take the edge off and make E.T. a little bit less Uncanny Valley if you just, like, give him fur or give in this movie them fur like like make them cuter like but then it goes into mogwai territory that's exactly it like it's going to look like a gremlin becomes gremlin so my potential pitch is that this is a creature that has the potential to look exactly like et but all the limbs including the head have the ability to fully retract so it can be like little fingers and little arms and then it can go out and then the finger can extend for ouch. Oh, you're embracing the creepiness. I'm embracing the creepiness. I I think we need to go and E.T. cannot be cuter than E.T. was. I don't think E.T. was cute at all. I think E.T. was terrifying. No, that's what I mean is to go cuter. Part of the whole thing with E.T. is that they're it is a scary creature, but there's something about them that Endearing. is connected. Yes. I think we so, need to go after the kind of the, the, that, that line from the movie Ant-Man of, he's so ugly, I love him. <laughs> like that kind of thing. And I think we can have E.T. be like fully like scared and fully pulled in and like become, goes more out. And I literally did this in the Terminator remake. When E.T. has to confront the true villain of Keys... And is like escaping and helping the kids escape can go fully on the attack and can expand even more. And we never see, we just see the shadow of fully expanded ET, and we just see the, how terrifying that is to Keys. And that's what makes Keys turn and run if we're gonna reverse this into a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And then, like, walks around the corner and is back being ET size for Elliot and Gertie and Mike. If we, if we are embracing the idea that we're going forward with it being more scary and more adult... Basically, ET mis- mixed with Eraserhead. And ba- a the baby and, and Eraserhead. And, and, and a little bit of um, Alien Mother. A little bit, yeah. I'm I'm down with that to make, make them a little scarier. Yeah, t- as long as we can remake... Re- we can keep... Something that will allow them to connect. Something that will make them be cuter and more manageable. Yes. And I, because I I agree. I think, I think the idea of E.T. is so iconic that if you change the way the alien looks, it's not E.T. Yeah, so enhance the way original E.T. was and make them slightly scarier, creepier. Basically, just take original E.T. and make more squish. Squish down, squish out. Right, okay. So E.T. 2.0. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I'm down. And just of, just for fun... And then who I, did you want to have for the voice cast? For the voice? I, I Okay, so this is a dream again. I'm projecting a dream, and I think it would be absolutely possible that Frank Oz maybe, maybe could consider creating a similar or slightly different voice 
Uh, Frank Oz, who did Yoda and Miss Piggy and Miss Piggy and Fozzie Bear and, and uh, uh, the Cookie Monster. As long as we're talking cookies, hundreds of characters yeah. and is just incredible. I think he's semi-retired. He is absolutely, absolutely semi-retired. Retired, right, like he gets brought out of retirement every once in a while for a special occasion. Right. So I right. think what's more special than ET? I think exactly. I and, think given the opportunity to voice ET, he might consider. I agree, and I think that that's a lovely idea. And an E.T. that sounds like Miss Piggy, who could be mad at that? Uh, Surely no one on the internet would have a problem with that. Surely no one. (laughs) What? People hating things? That wonderful, wholesome place we know called the World Wide Web. I I do think that's a lovely idea. I have an idea for... um, There's a very, very small (laughs) secondary character who I think should play a pivotal role. It's something that we haven't really... Discussed, and I think it, it, it was left. We didn't really touch upon it Go in on. our conversation so far. It's is this race of the iconic pieces? It's no, it's not. It is the science teacher. I, I, I you were going to go either with the science teacher or with the girl in the class, and I didn't know which one you were going to say. I'm definitely going to go with a science teacher um, whose who face was, we never see, whose face we never see. Uh, I think we should probably see it this time around. Because I think we're in in twenty twenty one. I don't think we should. But twenty twenty two. I think technology would play a much bigger role in in this movie than it did in nineteen eighty two. So they're not going to be dissecting real frogs. No, but it it would have to be some sort of techie nerdy guy who helps them somehow. Maybe they can they sure. can actually get him to help. In the search for like communicating, maybe maybe he controls satellites, or maybe he can give them information about you know ways to access waves. Maybe he's a NASA NASA um, special. I don't know. He has to be someone with a NASA specialist slash elementary school elementary science teacher. teacher. No, some <laughs> like you do. I mean, come lights. on, we've we've seen <laughs> some sort of a computer specialist, a computer specialist, a technology. Uh, the, like the, sci- the science teacher focuses on technology, on technology, and I get that, and I like the idea, and I'm going to build on it in a second. But who did you have for the? There's this wonderful actor who I think would be amazing, and you can look him up. His name is uh, Josh Allen Goldman. Josh <laughs> Allen. What did you say the last name was? Goldman. Goldman from Namaste, the Tucker J. James story. Correct. And uh, Don't Frighten the Horse. Horses, yes. He was great in that one, too. I came out this year. So is this, yeah. uh, this dude still working? Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. Interesting. Uh, he also happens to be a preschool teacher in real oh. life. And he is a preschool teacher. So he really and he's a preschool director, the... even. Interesting. So you could really pull on to that on his relationship with working with Josh, kids. do you also support this casting? I actually have never heard of this guy. Uh, <laughs> it's me. Uh, what? Oh, I feel so um, betrayed. So I would, like this, I like I this would idea. take the role. We w- I would have to see a script first. That's fair. So he, because of this, I really like this idea. Um, and here is how I would then do the E.T. Elliot connection. Mm-hmm. So because we're now working with computers and technology... One of the things that E.T. was doing in the movie was uh, taking things apart and putting them back together and making something else. Mm-hmm. And E.T. can be doing that at home. And then Elliot at school can then take apart one of the computers and put it back together in the same way that E.T. is doing that at home. And literally these two things can then talk to each other. And it's like, how did you just do that? Do what? And it's... In the words of the late Mr. Portocalos, so there you go. 
uh, moving on. Um, no, um, I love that. And yes, when I was um, all for the keeping in the scene of drunk Elliot, it was when in my mind we were working with a teenager, not a child. Oh, I'm pro teen drinking. Well, not pro child drinking. Right. And I, I wasn't. I, <laughs> I like wasn't this opposed, idea. Thank you. I wasn't opposed <laughs> to Elliot getting quote unquote drunk in the movie because Elliot's not drinking. He's drinking. But, and even still, it's funny. Um, I just, like, we've seen that scene, so how do we do it again? And, like, the idea of just, like, Elliot going, like, full mad scientist and, like, building something, I just think would be kind of cool. Yeah, I think that would be great. And then, you know, there's a little bit of a cameo there with that great actor, Josh Allen Goldman. I mean, we just got to find out if this guy's available. I assume that his schedule's very I can tell you he has nothing going on. (laughs) Except (laughs) teaching children. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about writer and director uh, quickly because I have to edit this thing. I got time, but who boy. Um, talk- Listen, in in the in the spirit of this movie should never be remade. You don't have a writer and director. Uh, no, no, no. We, <laughs> it's all improv. No, we, we do have. I can't imagine anyone else tackling this huge responsibility. And whoever would do this would put themselves in, you know severe dire straits and i don't want to impose this punishment cruel and unusual punishment on anyone else but i would take the sacrifice to direct this movie myself (laughs) to save all right so i'm gonna give you a choice either you can direct or josh can be in it but not both (gasps) i'm i'm falling on the sword yanni's directing (laughs) (laughs) i'm busy that week (laughs) No! <laughs> uh, let's come back to that. Let me tell you who I have. No, we don't need me. to come back to it. I turned down the role. But Yanni is directing. <laughs> <laughs> Let me at least tell you who I have so no, you have don't. a sense of other options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did my homework. Yeah, go on. So uh, I normally do writer first. So uh, my writer is most recently known. Like she just wrote Last Night in Soho. She wrote 1917. She's working with Taika Waititi on the untitled Taika Waititi Star Wars film. She was a writer on Penny Dreadful. This writer's name is Christy Wilson Cairns. Like the original E.T., it seems important that this movie be written by a woman. We agree. Our choice took into consideration the themes, um, the perspective of a person of color, and also somebody who could understand the experience of an immigrant. Sure. Not someone who's queer in that in that way, but could has shown signs of understanding otherness. Sure. And our choice was Chloe Zhao. Ah. The Academy Award winner. Yeah, I just used her for something. What was I... I don't remember what I did. So you have a relationship with her. You're saying you could get her. (laughs) (laughs) She won the director's Oscar for Nomadland, and she just... She directed Eternals. I took out my recycling. I don't have my old pieces of paper. Cool. Yeah. She's great. I think she'd be a wonderful director over you. She understands. <gasps> what were we talking about? Uh, we were talking about writer. Um, I had to select her <laughs> as, as, as the writer. So she would write the script and I would direct. But after this slight, I'm, I'm walking out of here right now. <laughs> so my director is Victoria Mahoney. She directed Yelling to the Sky. Now, the reason why I grabbed her is because... She is, she's kind of on the rise. She's not as well known. It has Star Wars Episode Nine: Rise of Skywalker listed here. 
because she was the second unit director. Mm -hmm. Like, she was in charge of getting the supplementary shots, and she did the stunts, Mm -hmm. and she did everything. And I think that that's kind of important. So I I got this name from a list of, like, uh, I literally have the list here. Female directors Ava DuVernay wants you to know about. And so this is one of those directors. And she also was a director on Lovecraft Country, and she's done other things as well. Right. And so this is a, a director on the rise. Tell you what, let's see. I, I'm we haven't curious gotten... if you think you're the first person to come in here and say, well, I'm going to make it, right? Uh, we no. just did all the work. No, um, I actually think that it should be somebody who has more. And why you don't think I, as a writer, wouldn't be interested in writing this movie? You didn't, didn't, you didn't list my name. I didn't list your name because we were. I was trying to get names. I've been trying to cast Drew Barrymore and you've been saying, no, fine, do, the, do them, yeah. make them be fine. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> so, and you know, I would be fine to use her, but if you're truly looking for a new find then you shouldn't be going with somebody as established as Victoria Mahoney, who has the high credits (laughs) as she does. You need to find a find. That's just what I'm saying. I mean, I don't know. What do you think, Josh? Completely objective. Well, I um, I already passed on the role, so it would (laughs) be pretty awkward at this point. But I already put a star next to your name. It would be really awkward if... um... I would have to erase stuff, (laughs) and I'm using a pen. I'll tell you what, I will be the gentleman and a scholar, and I will withdraw. What I normally do is, I normally say, well, obviously because we came up with this movie, Uh we're the producers. It is... Go on. That's it, we're the producers of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) That's it, that's the end of the sentence. Yes, but then, what about part of the vision of the movie? Do you think that anyone else can do it justice, can do it better than the three of us could? I mean... Because, like, I, I think... I don't have that high an opinion of myself. But the important thing is... Look, I, I, we've been talking about this movie for so long, we have now passed the runtime of the movie. Right. I'm perfectly happy to go with you for the director. It's fine. I don't care. <laughs> um, See, that's reason alone for me to be there however, because I care. However, what I would insist is that you work with Chloe Zhao, and it's a co-directing. Okay, I'm down. Okay, she is writing forced, and co-directing. Forced, 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 forced me to, to work, work with, with Chloe, Chloe Zhao. Zhao. Oh my god, how will I ever survive? <laughs> but only under the condition that the science teacher continues to be Josh Angleton. All right, you're and, fired, Chloe. Uh, guess what? Good okay, news. Okay, I will be. All um, right, so let me take you through our casting. All right, so. Casting for E.T., the um, the extra extraterrestrial. That was a really bad joke. <laughs> oh, you're going to edit that out, aren't you? No. <laughs> so, Elliot is... We don't know who Elliot is, but we're going to do a big search, and it's going to be their first role, this non-binary child actor, 10 or 11 ideally, and that's who we're going to get to play this role, and it's they, they are going to be amazing. Yes. Uh, yes. Mary is going to be uh, Aja Naomi King. Mike will be uh, Jahi Diallo Winston. Uh, Gertie will be Mikal Michelle Harris. Keys will be Leah Delaria. E.T. will be voiced and potentially puppeted by Frank Oz. The science teacher is well-known superstar Josh Allen Goldman. Yes. <laughs> and this movie will be written and directed kind of as a team with Chloe Zhao and Yanni, say your last name. Zafiriu. That. <laughs> <laughs> Zhao and Zafiriu, that's cute. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's adorable. Uh, so yeah, that is our E.T. remake. Are you two going to go see this movie? We just saw it, and we probably will see it again in the next month or so. Cool, I appreciate that. 
I'm probably busy that night, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I get it. Uh, your your schedule's so busy, you don't have time to see the movies you're in because you're so busy well, making more. Well, well, maybe we should recast the sign no. scene. It's, I put I a star love. next to the name. I can't erase. I'm using a pen. Um, cool. So that's it. We made we remade this movie. Thank you, you both very much for being a part of this. Thank you for having us. Would you go see it? Uh, I mean, E.T. is pretty scary. If I probably you're a producer would. On it. I saw the dailies. <laughs> of course, I would go see this. <laughs> Thank you. So, what would you like the audience... I never really had you two introduce yourselves. So, tell me a little bit about you both. Introduce yourselves again, and then give us social media things that you'd like people to follow, if you would like people to follow social medias. Okay, I'm a filmmaker. I'm a writer, director, editor, and about a thousand other hats over the years. I uh, love magical realism, science fiction, absurdist comedy, fantasy, horror. Definitely things, things that are slightly deviating from reality and uh what things would you like people to find online people can look up my website www.yanzaf.com yanzaf love it and i'm usually in my in social media under the name of penguinies which is penguin yz love it cool josh Tell us a little bit about yourself and then tell us about your social medias. I am Josh Allen Goldman. I am an actor. Gasp! From E.T.? <laughs> the one. I played the science teacher. You barely saw my face, but, uh, you know, I was there. You were really good. Thanks. I was also a producer on it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm an actor and a writer. You can see me in the upcoming Namaste, the Tucker J. James story, written... By the two of us, directed by Yanni, and you can also find me on Instagram at at Josh Allen Goldman, and it's A L L E N. Great, uh, cool. If you're interested in following me on Twitter, I am at Sam Gash S A M G A S C H, or you can find the podcast uh, on Twitter or Instagram at Ideal Remake. Or if you want to tell me about everything that we did wrong today, join us on Discord. The Link to the Dueling Patreon Discord link is in the show notes. So please come on Discord, talk to me, tell me about movies that you'd like to see remade. I would love to hear what you have to say. And because uh, I Do Remake is part of the Dueling Genre Network and we're trying to promote each other, today I'm going to tell you about the Protagonist podcast, which is hosted by Joe Dorowski. And it's weekly, every week. Uh, Joe and a guest discuss a great character and a great story. They comic books, TV, books, movies, and basically talk about the protagonist of that story. They've done Watership Down, Storm from X-Men with uh, Chris Claremont, and there's apparently so many Christmas specials and things. Um, so yeah, if you need another podcast to add and you like talking about heroes of the story, the protagonist podcast. Uh, and if you are a fan of my podcast or any podcast, the best thing you can do to support that podcast is to go on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review because... We must feed the almighty algae rhythm. Cool. So we have done a podcast. And we end these podcasts the same way. Yanni, Josh, what is your favorite quote from the movie E.T.? I would always have to say, be good. Be good. Yes, because I've always fantasized doing a sequel and E.T. coming back, looking at Drew Barrymore and saying, what did I tell you to be? Did you not understand the assignment, Drew? <laughs>
She eventually did. Sure, 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 sure. Yanni hates Drew Barrymore. I love uh, Drew Barrymore. <laughs> love. Josh. Penis breath. <laughs> Great. 